You're listening to the Career Coach Podcast, bringing you information, lived experiences and all-round career conversation. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Sharisha. And as always, I am joined by a special guest today. So I would like to introduce to the show, Sifa. Hello, Sharisha. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for coming on today. I've been really looking forward to speaking to you. So, Is that a round of applause I just heard? Yeah, it was. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I so love it. You, um, introduce yourself and just tell us what you do exactly. Yeah, of course. So my name's Sifa. I'm a voiceover artist. I'm also an audio producer. So um, with audio producing, I do podcasts. I produce podcasts and I also produce documentaries as well. And um, with voiceover, of course, I just, you know, use my voice to tell a bunch of different stories. <laughs> Um, so can you like tell me like how, what made you discover your interest in this type of work? Um, in voiceover work specific? Yeah. Uh, so in voiceover work, I actually have a radio background. Um, I had a massive, massive love and I wanted to be a radio presenter back in the day. You know, throughout that journey, you know, I'd always get told, oh, you got a really nice voice. You should think about doing voiceover. You know, I'd constantly be told that. You know, I didn't really think anything of it at first, to be honest. And then when I, I used to work at a radio station, I used to be the assistant manager at Represent Radio. Okay. Um, and my manager at the time um, kind of got me to do the jingles for the station, which they're still using to this very day. Oh. Someone owes me a check. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they, um, she asked me to do the jingles and stuff. And I kind of started to love it a little bit, started to look into it a little bit more. It was always there in the back of my head, but I didn't really know too much about that world. I just knew that it was there. And that I wanted to do it. Yeah. Didn't yeah. know how. But that's pretty much how I kind of got introduced to it by doing the jingles, I would say. Okay. And then, so when you started doing that then, like how long have you been in the industry? I've been doing voiceovers now for eight years this month. Yeah, eight years. Wow. Oh, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like you said, you kind of fell into it in a sense because people were telling you that, you know, you've got the voice and stuff like that. Yeah. Did, yeah. You, did you have, like, from a child, did you ever look at anybody else and think, oh, that's kind of the industry I would like to go into? Never knew about it as a child. Okay. Didn't even know what it I didn't know we know it existed. Um, you know, as a child, I have African parents, Ghanaian parents specifically. Yeah. And my, real, my um, career path was set as being like a um, solicitor. Okay. Um, they call me the family lawyer. They call, yeah. me, that's, they call me my family. I'm always the one fighting some type of case. Okay. The most. So they would always call me the family lawyer, you know, ask the lawyers, she'll do it. So they had, for me, I was growing up about to get into solicitor, you know, type of role, lawyer. And, um, but you know, that was never really for me. I was always a creative type of person. So college, I went to the Brit school because I just wanted to be in, in, the, in the media industry. I don't, I wouldn't say that I was, I mean, I wasn't stupid. I just don't, I didn't enjoy academics. I really didn't like maths, didn't like science. I was really bad at maths, to be fair. And I just thought, you know, I'm just more of a, yeah, I'm just more, I'm a more of a creative person. So let me sort of lead myself towards that. So I was always going down the creative route from, you know, from teenage years. And I never knew what voiceover was. I never heard of it Mm. until I was um, pretty much in the radio industry. But I didn't think about who was doing the adverts on the TV and it didn't even cross my mind. And um, even you said about your parents, did you, when you spoke to them and said, this is where I wanted to go, was that an easy mm. conversation for someone else that might have parents that are saying, you know, I would like yeah, to do this? Um, 
you know, <laughs> my dad was a bit like headstrong in terms of me going down the academic route. I don't think we really had a sit down conversation. Like I said, I'm the family lawyer, so I can talk my way out of a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think I ever had a sit down conversation with them about my path. My mum's a lot more easygoing. It was more that when it came to picking college, I think that's when they knew. Yeah. Oh, this girl is just not gonna she's not gonna be doing anything (laughs) happening it's not happening so when I was like so insistent on going to the Brit school that that was me like I'm going to the Brits like that's it and I think obviously before that there might have been hope about where I was gonna go and then when I started going to the Brits he said okay maybe you'll do journalism then and then you'll be on the news reading the news and I was like that's not bad I can do that's cool even though I wasn't really that good at journalism either it wasn't really my passion but he's mine so I should know what fine if you're going to take that route, he's just going to switch it in his head to kind of make it work for him. Yeah. You know, growing up, he'd always make a joke that Trevor McDonald was our granddad. Okay. Had a granddad, you know, but he made this, he used to make this joke all the time that Trevor McDonald was our granddad. So I'm going to be just like my granddad, Trevor McDonald. Yeah. So he's like, you know, he made it work for himself in his head. I'm like, you know what, dad? Let's do that. Yeah, I'll do that. That's fine. Even though I knew. But yeah, I think he had to make it work in his head that, you know, I was just going to do something that was almost slightly academic and he sort of settled on me being you know the next Trevor McDonald in journalism and being on the news so I said you know I work with that even though I was happy I was kind of thought about it but I thought I'm not very good at journalism so it's probably not going to happen but you know going to the Brits is probably when they realized oh this chick is just creative let's just leave her to it yeah 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 and so what did you study then at the Brits oh at the Brits I did media and which came with a little bit of film studies and um, radio production. That's actually where I found my love for radio. Okay. And I also did theatre. It's actually called, it was a production strand. It was a, but it was theatre production. Yeah. So theatre sets, um, sound design, lighting, and all things around theatre based pretty much, um, which was very, very interesting. But my real love, and it was actually like a side topic, was radio. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how much I loved radio until it was my first day in the studio and I fell in love like it's literally like falling in love and I was like this is me (laughs) and you know theater productions became like secondary now and it was all about radio for me at that point I was like oh my god I love this 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 whatever this is I want it yeah or as much of it as possible you know and like how did you even get that opportunity to get into radio so the Brit school is just full of, you know, creative people. So from the Brits, I knew a few friends who'd gone on to have shows at like One Extra. Okay. Um, so a couple of friends had shows at One Extra. And, you know, so I'd obviously listen to the station and absorb as much of it as I possibly could. And then I pretty much, my first, I think I somehow got the email address of someone who was like the, the, the exec at the time. And I applied to do work experience there, which I did, loved, had the best time, fell in love with it even more. I was like, oh, this is a bit of me. This is a bit of me completely. Kicks off doing work experience. And then after my work experience, they asked me to come back on a freelance basis, just coming in, helping out with certain shows. So I did that. And then following that, I got a full-time role as a broadcast assistant, freelancing, I should say it wasn't, it wasn't full-time, it was, it was freelance. And then I got a full-time role as a producer, you know, so a few years later. So then I ended up being as a, there as a producer at the end. So just kind of like a steady, steady journey. And would you say building good relationships within those kind of places helped you as well? 1000%. 
I'm telling you right now, this industry is full of relationships. Mm. It's a relationship based industry. You have to be a people person. And technically, I don't think I really am a people person, to be honest. But when you're in that space and you want it so bad, you're going to become a people person pretty quickly. It's an industry that goes based on who you know and how you um, respond to them, how you talk to them. It's based on that. And even if you're not in the industry and you're, you know, on the outside right now looking in and you're thinking, how will I get in? Would you suggest that maybe going down the work experience and offering your time? 100%. Yeah. It is is such a good way to get your foot in the door. It is such a good way to get your foot in the door. Work experience. And once you're in that space, talking to the right people, putting forward, you know, your interest, you know, really showing them that you're, interested in that you want this and you're hungry and that you're you can be consistent and you're actually good at what you do as well yeah. you, know, you have to be good at the job ultimately as well you know um so yeah definitely work experience I think is a great route if you're just getting started out and even, yeah, even no matter what age you are you can still say you know what let me shadow you you know and then slowly creep in the let me edit this and let me try that you know you can creep it in there's yeah. ways around it and like from your experience as well obviously before we started recording I was talking about the whole age thing you know, feeling like sometimes if you're 25 plus, it feels, it can feel a bit awkward as well to ask someone to be, you know, like an intern, especially if you're making the third. Do you, have you seen companies more open to that now? Or do you think Um, still a growing kind of market? I think it's a growing market. I don't, I can't say that I've seen many companies that have been aged, well, they have, I have seen ageism and um, I don't think it's impossible, but like you said, Sometimes it's a, more about swallowing your pride and actually just asking that question. I have a friend, and this is a great one. I have a friend who took on an intern, took a pay cut and an internship and was with people who were 10 years younger than her. She's yeah. in her 30s, in her 20s. And she worked for one of the biggest advertising companies in the UK, swallowed her pride, reached out to somebody on Instagram who was younger than her, but was working in the industry to ask their advice. They linked up, had a conversation Gave, do you know what I mean? Like it's about swallowing your pride sometimes and not being afraid to ask those questions because you're like, oh no, it's for 20 years. No, mm. ask the question. Actually, my friend's a great example of that yeah. because you end up getting the internship and actually getting a full-time job on the back of it. And it's like, now you're happy. That yeah. initial first step can feel so like, people get so prideful in themselves. They're not prepared to like, so I'm not going to message her. She's 25. She's going to, she's going to look at like I'm some old. No. And you, by the way, if you're in your 30s, you're not even old, by the way. Like in your I 30s, it's like, it's pretty, <laughs> I don't consider like 30s and 40s too. I'm in my 30s. Like, so I'm in my late 30s and I'm like, I feel fine. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel no way, but it's about not being prideful. And it's about, I think of my friends so much because she literally, I was like, you are so brave. Many people would not do that. Exactly. message a girl that is younger than you that's in the industry that you and are working because you're thinking i should be there by now yeah that's the point according to who according to whose journey it's your personal journey like you run it at your own pace you know and she reached out to this random girl hi i want to work in this industry i see you're doing it do you mind talking and honestly more time people are going to say of course i don't mind talking it's yeah. just a conversation. And they linked up, they spoke, she gave her loads of advice. She, she took a pay cut and the internship, the oldest person on the internship. And look at her now. Well, not look at her now, but you know what I mean? She yeah, ended up yeah. working out well for her, you know? And I think that's important, you know, being willing to take steps back in order to move forward. 100%. Yeah. 100%. A lot of people are um, 
it's just scared of that and you know it's understandable but you have to like swallow it yeah. write the message swallow and just press send yeah that's true and once it's out there it's done literally write it out as you would when, when you were 25 write it listen i want to get into radio i want to get into this i want to get into that write the message close your let someone else press send for you if you can't do it yourself <laughs> but please send the message that's it yeah you know? I love that I love that because I think as well um I know for, for myself is I think it's the embarrassment and it's always this whole thing of like the external like what people are gonna say what people are gonna think yeah. um yeah. and I think that's what a lot of us battle with that fear of other people's yeah. opinions and that's really actually holding well, that's us back. it 100 percent. it's definitely that fear I've been prideful even in my 20s I was prideful over situations and places I want to be and work I wanted to do and people I wanted to work with I've been like oh they're going to see the message, then ignore it, and then be like, oh, she's a girl who messaged me three years ago, and I ignored her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all in the mind. <laughs> it's all in the mind, you know. It's all in the brain, I yeah. swear to God. And sometimes, as someone, person like me, who is, I guess, very busy, have a lot of different projects going on. Sometimes I don't catch emails straight away. Sometimes I don't catch messages for like days. Yeah. Or sometimes I read a message and like I'll get back to that person. Then I don't. And then it's a month later. Like, oh shit, how much I can get back to that person? And then, you know, life happens, isn't it? Yeah. I can be the worst on emails sometimes. I can be the flipping worst. And I promise anyone who's ever emailed me and I take it, it's not intentional. It's probably that I've read it. Like, okay, cool, boom, I'm gonna get back to it. And I've picked up my diary. I've got like a thousand different things on my diary all the time. And sometimes it's a timing thing. You might catch them. Sometimes you might catch me the right day where I've got so much free time. I'm just responding to emails. And then I get email. Oh yeah, boom. I get back to you within an hour. Great. Other times it takes me like a couple of weeks to be confessed. And it's just not ever intentional, ever. And now that I'm in this position now, I feel like I understand people more. Because back then I'm like, bitch. I, e- I swear I emailed this girl a month ago and even just now I just remember I got a DM from someone that I meant to get back to like last week it was my birthday week and I forgot and now I'm talking to you I'm like crap I must message her back yeah 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 you know, things like it's just never, never intentional sometimes and if the industry if people are busy at the end of the day you can't even ever try monopolizing someone's time or expect them to get back to you the same day or what have you it just happens I do feel like sometimes I need even I personally feel like I need a better system I'm getting myself an assistant who's helping me out because sometimes it can be overwhelming yeah, yeah it can be a lot and you want to get back to everyone in a timely fashion and I, I I hate not getting back to people in a timely fashion because I find I know what it feels like sometimes from back in my day yeah. that it's just it's really quite annoying actually and it can make the person feel a bit shit and it's like I don't want people to feel ignored yeah. I don't want to ever ignore people. And um, I'm hoping that people in the industry are just, I'll put it down to, you know, you're probably just busy. Yeah, I think that's the point. You've got to get to the maturity stage where you can see it from both sides. Even in now that with lockdown as well, even though people might assume, you know, everyone's working from home, but not everyone is. Like people still have a lot of things going on. Their industries are really busy. So Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and funnily enough, you say that because this lockdown, this year has been my busiest work year. Wow. In my eight years, this has been my busiest work year. It's been insane, to be completely honest. This whole year has just been a whirlwind. Yeah. And lockdown has just flipped my industry on its head and it's changed things and it's just opened up multiple doors. Like, I'm a, it's been the busiest year I've ever had. Yeah. And how are you coping with that then, that influx of work like for your well being, like for those that might be in the same boat? No, I need a break. 
like I don't know if I'm coping yet (laughs) Um, I'm not sure if I'm coping yet I am in desperate need of a break Um, it's something that I've been stressing for the past probably three months four months now how much I need a break with the influx of work you wish you got and the um you've been hoping for to work so much and then you get it and you're like holy crap Mm. I need to like spend like two weeks just sleeping not waking up not responding to emails not on a, on mic not doing anything just relaxing like I'm still waiting for that break trust me uh, I said this of December will be my break yeah. I'm coming to the end of a project but then I've still got voiceover work like every single week but I think I'm gonna take a break from that too just for like a month just a month to chill and do absolutely nothing yeah. that's the dream but you have to I always say you know you have to my partner's always saying to me he's always like you have to find time for yourself you have to find time to do nothing but I'm the kind of person that I work so much that those days of nothing I feel really anxious I'm always like oh crap this can't be right I've got to be I'm surely there's something I need to be doing there's something even I am working on how to find the balance between work and personal life to be honest it's, it's a it's a process that I'm working on yeah, I think we're, we're all trying to find that balance. I don't know if there is ever a, a real balance in life. Yeah, they take moments out. You're listening to the Career Coach Podcast, bringing you information, lived experiences and all-round career conversation. So in general, like you were saying mm. that you didn't see anybody when you was growing up that was in your field of work. Mm. How, how have you found it being a, a black female in the industry? And has there been like any challenges that you've had to overcome? Yeah. I didn't see any females. There was only one woman that pops that springs to mind because her voice was so charismatic and had a certain tone to it. So when I started looking to voiceover, I would hear her and that was Makita Oliver. She was a presenter on T4 when I was growing up. Okay. And um, I would, she, does, she does a lot, does or did the lot of the Argos into, um, adverts, a lot of the Argos adverts. And I was always like, oh, that's Makita. I know her voice. And there's another lady as well. Her name is, um, yeah, Margarita Taylor was another one whose voice I think I would recognize quite a lot when I'd hear it. This is when I started getting into the industry, mm-hmm. um, voiceover industry specifically. And I feel, is there anyone else I can think of that I would always recognize? But Makita Oliver, her voice would always stand out to me. And I would be like, oh, that's Makita, that's Makita. And you know what? Can I be honest? I Only when I started 4C Voices did I start to did my eyes start to open more to other black women in the industry at the forefront, you know, doing their thing. Um, Some I knew from like my radio days and others I reached out to. We had a panel event back in 2019, August, 2019. And I had two black female artists on the panel with me alongside some other artists as well. And some people from um, the industry um, from uh, agents and stuff. It was, the room was filled with, black and brown faces of women who want to get into voiceover and I was just filled with a sense of like joy yeah and pride because 4C voices is not limited to anybody but I do encourage and push my women women that look like me sound like me to get in this industry and put yourself forward I have an agent I'm probably one of a handful of black women on the agency I aspire for many agencies to have more yeah. black and brown faces that look like me, sound like me. But a lot of us don't know this world because like my parents, our pet, we grew up with a certain understanding of where we were going in life. You're going to be a doctor, a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, you know, you're going to be an academic. Yeah. You know, media is, for anyone, even anyone asking me, media industry is fickle. It's not guaranteed. And it's, um, it can be a scary career path to go down. But is it, there, it is a potential career path for a lot of people, but I never knew about it. So starting 40 Voices, I was like, I want to encourage more people to look, she's doing it, to look at me like, she's doing it, I can do it too. There's nothing different about you and me. We can both do it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There's more than enough work out here for everyone, all of us to eat off it. Yeah. You know? So my goal was always to get more people, black women, especially. I like black guys too, but black women, you know, to kind of push them forward. Yeah. And why do you think that is then that within our community it's just not something that's mm. really spoken about? I don't I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think no one knows. My mum does my mum didn't know about voiceover work. Yeah. What's, what's that? Yeah. I think she's just, just about figuring out what it is when she hears me on TV. <laughs> that's how she knows what it is. Do you know what I mean? Um, they didn't know about it. Your parents are the ones who guide you. Yeah, you know, ultimately, and probably your teachers as well. And there's no one at school coming in teaching you about voiceover work. You know, no one's getting, unless your parents are in the media industry, acting industry, anything like that. Your parents, you're not going to know it. You know, when they ask you, what do you want to be growing up? They're like, I want to be a voiceover artist. It's not happening. No one knows that Peppa Pig is voiced by, it was voiced by a seven year old girl. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, I mean, like her parents were obviously in the industry. They knew how to sort of guide her, I presume anyway, into that world. Um, but you can be a seven year old kid saying that I want to be a voiceover artist. You can do it. I get many parents messaging me saying, how can my child get into voiceover work? There's an industry, Jojo and Grand Grand. She's, Taya is eight, nine years old. And she's, she voices a whole character. Yeah, I, I heard about the success of the Peppa Pig. Um, I call her a girl because yeah. I saw yeah. one time when she turned eighteen and she, they was like she's like a millionaire, and I was like, wow, yeah, yeah. Yes. it's an option. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an option. Just like wanting to be, they want to be singers and you want to be a singer and actress. There's also voiceover, but people yeah. don't know about it. And as you was just talking about um, four C voices, like, can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more about when you set that up and how and yes. how you came about doing that? Forcey Voices, that's my baby. That is my love. It came about because I've been, like I said at the beginning, I've been doing voiceover work now for about eight years. And every time I would post my work, a video of my work or anything like that, I'd probably usually get like a DM or an email from someone just asking, yeah, how can I get into voiceover work? Like, how can I do it? I would always try my best to, you know, link with people, talk to people, listen to voice reels, just try to give them as much advice as I possibly could. But there's, there's not, and you know, even take people along to jobs with me, you know, sit in, see what I do. But there's nothing about, I found that there's nothing about that experience that really kind of gave people enough. Mm. Um, it's not really, you're not taking much away from that. And I was like, mm, I need to do more. I want to do more, you know, and I've been playing with it, trying to figure out how to do it. And how to kind of incorporate what I do with other people and kind of give them the stepping, the tools, basically, the right tools yeah. to get into the industry. So with that in mind, I thought, let me funnel all of this into one space. Let me funnel this into a, a Instagram with information and then an event where you can actually speak to people firsthand and network and then training where you can get hands on in this in the booth in studio training and then voice roles that you can go out there and speak to agents and get clients and blah 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 blah. so it's sort of like it's been one step on top of the other for me you know um but yeah it came about literally from all you guys who've been messaging me over the years and dming me over the years asking for help basically because ultimately like you said people don't know about this job they yeah. don't know how to do it. They don't know where to start. So I'm here to kind of help facilitate that. Yeah. 
That's what forty plus is. Open to, is that open to anybody of any age, even if they're young? Or oh, I've had a sixty-year-old, and I've had to, everybody can come to work. Everybody <laughs> can come to work. Of course, any age, any age, because voiceover is not age-specific. That's yeah. a great thing, by the way. Look at David Attenborough, who is ninety years old. He's been doing it for most of his. I don't even know how long. Most of his life, fifty years plus. And he's still going strong. And Morgan as Freeman as well. He's got Morgan Freeman. There are so many voices. Yeah. You know, Earl Jones. There's so, I could go on. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's not an age specific job. It's yeah. a job that that follows you your whole entire life as long as you're good at it. You know. Yeah. And like so, in terms of like money, because you know when people think yeah. of this, you know they're doing it, they want to make money as well. Like, what kind of figures could someone expect from like probably the least experienced and kind of mm-hmm. all part figures going on? Yeah. It's uh, voiceover is not based on your experience. Okay. It's based on places like Fiverr. People go in there, you know, obviously put out your services and you can charge whatever you want, basically. But for me, I have an agent. I have, um, you know, freelance work. I know how the industry goes. So your basic, you have a basic fee in, in the industry. It's like a basic studio fee, we call it a BSF. And that is for one hour of your time. Yeah. Now that basic studio fee ranges between 200 to 50 an hour. Actually, that's just for me in the studio with you. And then you have your buyout fee, your usage fee. So let's say you do an advert for McDonald's and they're going to use it for three months and your voice will circulate on their, whatever they're using, the advert, TV advert for three months. There's a buyout fee for that, especially with big brands like that. So they may charge you, pay you anything from 50 pounds to 10,000 pounds. You know, there's no, and it's sometimes it's negotiable. If you have an agent, they'll negotiate it for you. But a brand buyout fee can be, you know, quite a lot of money advert can be quite a long seven grand eight grand four grand you know it can it varies depending on the usage the time and the brand as well so it varies but your basic studio fee is about one between 200 250 an hour yeah and then your buyout fee will be you know whatever could change it varies and then when you said with agent like having an agent and stuff did you find a reputable company to Mm -hmm. um represent you or did they come to you because of obviously maybe your social media and stuff no 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 my story is um I actually won a competition I won a voiceover competition um like I said I was in radio and my manager pushed me to kind of do the jingles and stuff and she came across a competition on Facebook I was like, oh look this agency is looking for new voices and I was like oh she's like you know put your reel together and you know submit and I was like competition like I don't win stuff this is like long but I did it anyway sent my reel didn't think anything of it to be honest sent it off and then I got an email saying that I've been shortlisted I was like okay down to the final four they're like okay cool again she goes but then they said they said to me but to um you have to come along to a recording day the four finalists so we're gonna go to BBC we're gonna go to Kiss we're gonna go to Global and I was like no I ain't doing that I'm not doing that. It's too peopley. Um, strangers, me, that awkward. Forget it. Then my boyfriend was like, "Just go. You never know what could happen. Just go." And I was like, "Oh God, fine." Up until the morning, I was not going. Mm-hmm. Just go. I was like, "Fine, I'll go." So I went, and it was peopley, but it was also amazing. I met some amazing people. So it was me, another girl, and then two guys that were shortlisted. And I was like, and one of the guys, let's just call him John. I heard his voice, and I was like. John sounds amazing. Like John sounds like the guy on the TV. Like John sounds sick. Like why am I here? I talk too fast. I'm way too common. I talk. I'm from South. Uh, it's not gonna happen. Like why did you waste? Why am I here? Yeah. 
I said to me, I said to myself, and I was like, girl, me and you ain't gonna win this, you know. Like, <laughs> he's got this. Why are we like he's got this? It was a great day, like I said, you know, went to the beep, went to kids, went so many places. It was such a good day. And I, I learned a lot that day about the voiceover industry. So, you know, went home and I was like, you know, oh, tell my boyfriend, it was great. Da, 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 da. And, but John was amazing. You know, John was sick. Yeah. As so I left it, honestly, I put nothing of it, just took from the experience what I could from the day, you know. But I'm actually more hungry. I left there more hungry than ever, like I'm doing this job. And then um, a month later, I get a phone call. It's like, oh, hi, Sifa. Thank you for taking part in the competition. You're amazing. I was like, oh, thank you. It was great. Excited. She goes, yeah. And congratulations, you won. And I'm like, oh. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, what about John? <laughs> I'm like, oh, John was so good. like, yeah, no, John was great. But, you know, we haven't got anyone that sounds like you in our books. Um, you sound different, et cetera, et cetera. And I was just like, whoa. And then it's just, my first job was like a week later, it was for Burger King. And I was like, wow, this is insane. And yeah, it's just been a whirlwind ever since then, really. But I was saying the past five years, I've been for like eight years now, for the past five years, I've been probably the busiest because I stopped full-time work. I went freelance five years ago, five and a half years ago now. And that's when I was able to commit fully because, you know, through voiceover work, you get jobs in the middle of the day, afternoon, two o'clock in the afternoon go to a job 11 a.m go to a job mm-hmm. it's before remote recording so I had to like be at the studio and it was difficult and I had a full-time job but I was working at the radio station yeah five past five years has been like a whirlwind to be honest and then this last year has just been crazy crazy <laughs> but let's talk about that whole transition over from like paid work regularly paid yes. work, I should say into yeah. being a freelancer mm-hmm. what's that what was that like and what kind of horrid bloody scary yeah scary 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 as fuck scary mm. it's um oh but you gotta remember I also do freelance audio production as well so I've always been in the audio world and um I was always doing like little bits of audio production stuff along the way to help out because yo when you get that first month's bill first month's mortgage to pay <laughs> and your bills and you're looking at your bank account and you're like oh my god what the hell yeah. <laughs> This month is, you know, it was, um, you start to look at money differently. I'm not going to even lie to anybody listening to this. It is not easy. And you do not make that decision lightly. You make sure you have a stack of savings. You need it. <laughs> you need it. Believe me. And you have a plan of action. Do not get relaxed. Do you know how easy it is to go freelance and then just be enjoying your, your Monday mornings in your beds? <laughs> the second you get relaxed in that freelance life, the second you flop like every day is a hustle yeah you know what they say about um entrepreneurs you know when you work for someone else it's hard but working for yourself is even harder yeah yeah um it's so much so easy to wake up and go to a job and go to work it's just it's like there's nothing to it you know you wake up you go to work you do the job you get paid it's done but when you're a freelancer you work for yourself and every penny you make is important yeah. you need to know where the money's coming in from and when yeah and yeah. freelance life is it's it's hard it can be heart racing it's like uh, it's a but once you get into a groove and you know ways in which you can make income it becomes so much easier even if you have to do like a little job on the side just to pay a little bill let me make sure these bills are covered everybody knows a free lunch a little small job on the side if you need to do that do it yeah my cousin has a really good job she's she works in um social work industry but she you know she's ready to leave and move on but she knows she's got a mortgage and she has a child but she's still like, you know, I need to go freelance. I need to just leave. They shouldn't go agency and figure it out because you will. 
yeah. you're gonna have a nice little side hustle job because going freelance is no joke yes you get freedom which is what we're all looking for ultimately you know that freedom to work for yourself but you also want to get money you know so you're trying to find roles where you can work from home that don't have too much commitment on your personal life and your life period but you want to have that freedom but it's a decision that you do not make lightly I'm not gonna to lie to you like I'm not trying to make anyone be on their face and did you ever but, was there ever a period when you're just like oh, I don't know if I need to go back into the world of work or was you always like, no, I'm just going to keep pushing? No, I fluttered. I never, never went back. I never went back to full-time work. I've never been back there since I left. But I have definitely looked at a few job applications and thought, apply. Yeah. <laughs> apply, bitch. Apply. Okay? <laughs> apply. But um, like I said, there, a, there was a turning point, you know, during that whole freelance life where I kind of got into a groove. Voiceover work was paying me well enough to pay, cover my life and cover my lifestyle and cover my bills, thankfully. And I've just been afloat for, you know, five and a half years now. Thank yeah. God. But um, you get into a groove. You do get into a groove. It, does, it can happen, but please have a plan. Please have a plan in place. If you don't have, if you've never had a joy, if you've never had a voiceover job before, if you don't have any idea where to start looking for work, if you haven't got any clients under your belt that actually like working with you, then maybe not just yet. Mm. Build that reputation. Build yourself up as an artist. If you have an if you're looking for an agent, get an agent that can you know supply you some some jobs as well, and get yourself into a groove before you think about saying deuces to full time work. Yeah, um, live in the UK, it is not free, it is not cheap, and you need to work. Yeah, and I um, think the thing with entrepreneurship, it's it's made to look glamorous, especially on social media, and then the reality kicks in offline. Uh, <laughs> and, you know and then it's like okay because a lot of people have got side hustles because I've I know some people that have got good fo- like a good following on social media I've got family members yeah. and online obviously if you look at them you'd think oh they do this full-time but I'm fully aware that they have like construction work a um, hundred different types of jobs um but you just see a snippet of their day online that's it and like I said I'm a voiceover artist I also do audio production I'm an audio producer do you know what I mean like I do a lot of podcasting I do a lot of um, documentary work as well I don't just do voiceover work as well you know I mean I have two I have properties I have you know what I mean like I have multiple, multiple streams of income yeah. because no one in this in this world in this industry in this life it, it, one stream is not going to cut it for the life you want to live yeah you need nice. multiple four seven is the goal and if I mean? COVID has taught us that anyway you can see that from if when a pandemic hit, like some people's companies have had to transition into being remote and, you know, like it's just shown us we all need to be mindful of how we commence our business on a daily basis. In order and I hope this afloat. year has shown people how true that statement is. Yeah. Um, diversifying yourself, being ready for the change. Mm. Um, I was lucky enough, to, I've always been working from home. I've had a studio for the longest time. So for me, the transition wasn't too crazy. And, you know, my agent was like, have you got a studio? I'm like, yep. Had it been using it, done it, we're good. Yeah. So for me, transitioning my voiceover work to home, recording remote, was easy. I need people to be ready for the changes that can happen. We should know now that nothing is secure. Mm-hmm. Um, your job is not secure. Your full-time job that you love so much is not secure. Um, diversify yourself and be ready. And just focus on these other streams of income as much as you can. And don't necessarily rely on a job to kind of supply you or work for you because they can easily put you on for a low and then... Yeah. sorry we're done and so you um was talking about like your agent you had an agent quite early but if someone is new and they are dealing with having to figure out how much do I charge a company for my work where would you say they can get that information from 
there's a there's a there is a um a company that I like they're called Voquent V O Q U E N T they're a voiceover company and they on their website literally give a breakdown of um, fees and what you should be should be charging or getting charged most companies legit ones will probably have a fee in mind anyway mm-hmm. so you won't have to do too much of that work yourself you know I think your only issue may be figuring out if they're charging if you're being paid enough but you should know that you have a basic studio fee you know if they're a smaller company you might go a little bit less maybe 150 for the hour and do an hour's work and just be cool with it and just you know say fine take the not necessarily an L because it's still money but it's not that much you know what I mean but when you're working with agents and bigger companies, it's definitely going to be like 200 minimum for the hour. Yeah. You know, and then it kind of goes up from that. Okay. And then if yeah. they're newly starting out, um, you know, like today I'm here and I'm like, yeah, I really want to, oh, I've had an interest in it, but how do I go about, you know, getting my craft to, you know, yes. become a yeah. bit better and all those kind of things? 100%. You email info at 4cvoices.com <laughs> and you, and you know, um, you do training. You have to train your voice. You have to know what your voice can do. You have to know, you have to understand your voice as well. And the only way to do that is to get in front of a mic, reading different scripts and different tones, different emotions and go through training with a professional, you know, listen back to yourself as well. Record yourself, listen back to yourself, know what it is your voice can do like I can't stress that enough a lot of people don't know what their voice can actually do can you go really high can you sound really young can you change your voice can you do accents can you do voices are you good for animation can you read for a really long time and do audio books you know can you do corporate can you need to know those things yeah before you get into it like and they need to get a voice reel together commercial voice reel narration voice reel and know what it is what industry what path you want to focus on e-learning voice or whatever um but definitely do some training that it starts with the training it starts with you in the studio behind the mic getting that voiceover experience that's where it really starts before you even get a voice reel yeah I guess that's with anything you have to master your craft have to master the craft I swear to god don't let someone send you to a job and you embarrass yourself <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be remembered <laughs> I can imagine so recently uh, you posted on your IG about landing yeah. a role with Nickelodeon so how did that come about Yay. Yes, I'm do the I'm the continuity voice for Nickelodeon. So you hear me like every day. Congratulations. Like, That's amazing. From like 6 a.m. in the morning. It's like super early. But no. Um, no, I got that. I've been looking to get that role for like the whole year, I think it was. And then COVID hit. And I kind of auditioned for it actually. Um, through my agent. They reached out to my agent for me. And um, they were like, look, we think she'll be great for this. We're looking for that conversational, upbeat. Um, type of energy and um, prior to that I'd worked with Nickelodeon before okay just like doing promo and stuff so they the team sort of knew me a bit already yeah I pretty much auditioned for that role back in might have been like as early as April you know back in April and then I didn't find out I got the role until maybe like three months later so I thought it was done and dust. I thought oh I didn't get it and I moved on you know I do auditions all the time and I moved on but then my agent got in touch like oh Nickelodeon what you to do continuity and I was like Hey, yay, I love it. Okay, no problem. Then yeah, started in August or September, I think it was. And then yeah, that's been me ever since. Because I know for me, Nickelodeon's like childhood (laughs) channel that I used to watch as well. But is there any particular like areas of voiceover work that you haven't yet gone into and that you're still interested in? Yes, 100% gaming. I want to do gaming. Gaming is for me. Gaming is not only a lovely little um, paycheck, it's, um, it's also fun. Mm-hmm. so I'm actually working with a coach now see even me I've been doing it, I have a coach myself mm-hmm. I also have someone that I work with still to this day but um gaming is definitely a realm that I want to get into I've 
I was like, this is my own fault. And this is something that I actually had a role in a game. Oh, really? In September. And I had to send a certain piece of audio by a certain time the following day. It was actually, it was actually a few days later. And I, me, a whole me forgot. That's how my schedule was that stupid. I forgot to send the audio. And I didn't send it until the following day when I remembered. By then, they were like, we had to recast your oh. role. And I was like, how dumb do you have to be to have flopped that? Even I have flopped many an opportunity, mm. stupidly. Like the one thing that you've been waiting to do your whole career and you fluff it in the, because of like my, my schedule being disgusting. And I was like, wow. And I didn't send the audio. And I didn't get the role. And that was in September of this year. And I was like, oh my God. I, I kicked myself. I kicked myself. Still kicking myself to this day. But I guess you're going to dust yourself off and keep going. I would dust myself off. There'll be, and the thing is with this industry, yeah, yes, opportunities come and go, but they mainly come. There are opportunities all the time. Yeah. All the time. It is not a one-off situation. There's not one advert. There's not one game. There's not one ad show. There's thousands yeah. all the time. You know, you have to be at the right place. Be at the right, be on Twitter at the right time, go onto Facebook. They have jobs on Facebook too all the time in these Facebook groups. Um, be on LinkedIn, be accessible, and the jobs will definitely come. Another there's so many roles that I wish I got that I was so close to getting. And I didn't get them. Yeah. But, but other opportunities came along the way and I got them. So I'm laughing. It's fine, you know. And would you say now, because I know you mentioned about before you'd have to go to the studio and stuff, um, yeah. with the whole pandemic and maybe even hopefully post-pandemic yeah. um, do you think there'll be more opportunity for people to do more online work or do you think they'll oh. return back to like studio sessions where oh I think the industry is loving this remote recording to be okay. honest I think they're loving it I think they're sitting realizing we've actually been spending loads of money on studio time when they've already got a home studio <laughs> like studio's not free you know yeah These, like and the, you get the same quality from someone's home studio as you would do in the actual booth. Like, and you can still like, just like how we're talking remotely, we can still do it remotely as well. I don't yeah. believe it's gonna go back to normal for a long time. I've been in Nickelodeon from this very studio. Oh, wow. It's very, very studio. I, I've not been into a Nickelodeon studio, which is why I used to do all my work for eight years. Yeah. Um, I think they're loving this remote life. I don't think it'll go back anytime soon. Would you be happy to stay remote or would you actually, do you enjoy a little bit of, you know? I love going to studio. But I go to studio a lot anyway for 4C. Okay. I'm in the studio every week for 4C Voices. So as much as I love, I don't miss it because I have one, number one, and I go to studio all the time anyway. So I'm happy with the remote life. I'm happy with it. Do you know how much money I save? I Because my studio is in Central, right? And not just to travel, it's more the things I do, like buy food. Yeah. And I've saved so much money on food and drink. I'm sorry. Those little seven pound um, bagels have been in my pocket. <laughs> the rest of the whole year like I'm good so yeah. it's good now, remote working is helping uh, our finances as well as our Daniel, and the waistline it's helping yeah. the waistline <laughs> and the finances win-win <laughs> sure. um so you was just mentioning about also you do podcast producing can you just explain a little bit more about what that entails as well yeah no sure um yes yeah, so I'm audio producer so I work with different companies basically producing podcasts and documentaries but I'll just talk about po uh, podcasting for now uh, so for now for example I'm working on the small act as a podcast series as well 
that comes out right after the films end so on the 14th of December I believe the podcast starts going out yeah podcast got a 14th and so yeah I'm working on the podcast series of that so it's literally um so each film has got a podcast attached to it mm-hmm. so you've sort of taken themes from each film and expanded on it a little bit more so I'm basically writing scripts for the episodes podcast episodes um scripting casting in terms of voices um hosts and kind of piecing together the podcast the sound of the podcast basically it's going to go out on a BBC and BBC sounds um so yeah I do a lot of that as well I've yeah I also do all day editing as well so for different podcasts I just came off a four-month project for another podcast called Mothers of Invention I was editing that and yeah I just edit and I produce and I write scripts and I cast roles and yeah it's all about I didn't know that um podcasts could be scripted I like, yeah. like learning as well so if you yeah 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 yeah, podcasts. yeah um because it helps to build a structure mm-hmm. rather than just you know talking for the sake of talking you kind of have a beginning a middle an end and if you want you know you want it to sound you don't want people just to be listening to no end you want them to have to know the purpose of your podcast where is it going what's it about and how's it going to end you know kind of building that story for the listener so I do all of that stuff basically as well so see there's so many different roles so many yeah like because you know when you think of different industries um sometimes it can you only see certain elements of it and yeah. I think the more that I'm even doing this podcast and speaking to people like yourself, I'm starting yeah. to see so many different, like, like different layers to people's yeah. careers and how they can make money as well. And I think that's yes. really important to understand. Super, super important. You only see the jobs that you see in the front, the TV presenter, the news presenter, the, you know, there are behind that person, like a hundred other people yeah. doing something to make that happen. Yeah, it's like that fact other roles yeah. that, can be, you know, that you can be working in, you know, that people don't know about. So if you was um, to uh, think back on your career so far, what mm-hmm. kind of advice would you give somebody like from your, what you, your lessons learned? I like to say, not, not failures. I like to say lessons learned. Overconfidence will kill you. I have, sometimes I've worked with people and they've just, I love confidence. I love it, but overconfidence is like a killer. I've seen people come into studios sometimes and just been, I've got this, never had no training before, never had been in a booth nothing and they've embarrassed themselves (laughs) (laughs) to put it bluntly um not that overconfidence will kill you but sometimes you have to humble yourself and appreciate this career this industry for what it is it requires a lot of training a lot of work Mm -hmm. a lot of time and effort so please give it the time and effort and the work that it deserves and don't think that you can just walk into a studio pick up a script and do it one time because it may not work for you yeah so definitely uh, in, you know incorporate your training and just be humble and just be ready to work according to the plan of action you know be a people person it's a people-based industry fortunately or unfortunately I don't know but it's a people-based industry and who you know and how you speak to them and how you conduct yourself in this industry is so so important you will be remembered the industry is small mm. people talk and people cross there's crossover all over the place so be ready that you know to act accordingly when you come into an industry like this the media industry that it is and I would say be consistent consistency is like (laughs) it's difficult sometimes because you can be disheartened Mm. on along this journey sometimes when it's not going to plan but like I said I feel like this has been my most successful year and I've been doing it for eight years do you know what I mean so had I given up, which was easy to, because you feel like, look, 
I went freelance five years ago and there were times when I was broke, <laughs> broke, because every voice of opinion was going to bills, yeah. you know, and I've had no luxury money. And that's basically what we all want, money for luxury at the end of the day. But consistency, 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 stay at it, please. Get a side hustle, but never stop trying to push for your dreams. If you really think you're good at it and you know you can do it and you're really, really good at this and you want it so bad, mm-hmm. stay consistent. Yeah. Stay consistent, stay purely consistent and you'll be fine. Some good words of wisdom there. So if anybody wants to find you and 4C Voices, where can yeah. they check you out? Yes, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, website at 4C Voices, the number four, letter C, and then Voices, 4C Voices on everything, basically. And that will give you insight into all things voiceover, um, how to train with us, how to get your voice real done. Um, like I said, during our sessions, our one-to-one sessions, I do speak about, you know, how to get your foot in the door and what steps you need to take. I mean, I can't give you the work, but I can tell you how to get it, you know. But, and we're forming an agency soon. By next year, we have an agency too. Oh, wow. So some expenses. Yeah, so maybe I will be able to give you the work actually, but next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, guys. You've heard it today. Don't forget to check out 4C Voices if you're interested in getting into voice work. I think it's such an amazing industry. Even for myself, I've learned so much today. So I thank you so much for joining me. Um, don't forget to follow me at It's CC Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And also, if you're looking for career coaching, check out www.careercoachme.co.uk. So until next time, guys, it's been so good and it's been a pleasure. See you.